When I was a school kid, I didn't like being a kid and I hated school. I particularly hated lessons that force-fed me facts with no explanation of the reasons for them or the basic principles underlying their working. What, I thought, was the point of cutting open a dead frog to see what's inside when it had been done thousands of times before and where the answers for what I should find had been set in stone anyway? so that if I saw anything different, I would be wrong, rather than heralded as the new discoverer of something right. In maths, lessons apparently taught me calculus, but maybe I missed the one in which the teacher told me why I should bother with it. Having no idea what it could do, I saw no reason to learn it. Also, I had no way of getting to grips with the slippery customer, which had no association to any reality I knew of. Also... It was hard. I had been a late reader, too. My first school books were Janet and John stories in which two utterly dull kids went to a toy shop or a butcher's or somewhere else boring and did boring things like saying, Oh, what a lovely balloon, and such like. Why on earth would I want to read that? Or hear it read to me, for that matter. The pictures told me what was going on and nothing was, so there was no point in deadening my mind with the small black wiggly things under the boring illustrations. My mother thought otherwise. She read me Winnie the Pooh. Stories! These had brilliant drawings which set the scene rather than tell the whole plot in one go. She did all the voices and everything too and she recorded them on tape so I could listen whenever I wanted. Reel-to-reel tapes, by the way, on a gram deck, as we could not afford a reel tape recorder. It was the very early 1960s, after all. So that way I learned there was good stuff in books, after all. But it was all on tape. So again, no point in me learning to read. My mother caught on to this one rather quickly. The Cat in the Hat came next. Again, brilliant, but totally different. And this time, colour, illustrations, surreal and inviting imagination. The poetry was enticing too. I liked the feel of the words and spoke them along with my mother's reading. That way I went on to read them myself. My next book was Escape from Planet Earth, a hardback with no pictures. I found I could learn. Physics was a great love, as was anything technological. Things I could use and trust and test. Things that would lead somewhere new and exciting or improve what I already had. Wonderful. French did not come into that realm at all. I asked why I had to learn that and was told that one day I might go there. I pointed out I wouldn't because I didn't speak the language and the lesson ended and never returned. That was in primary school, though. I had no such luck with my English grammar school where they didn't teach grammar. I'd just about passed my 11-plus exam and had been reluctantly let into the painfully local school for boys. I did not get on well. I never really understood that school then was a place to learn answers, not ask questions. So I learned nothing and got put off. Except for physics and technology, where I made personal friends of the teachers.
I was also on very good terms with the art master and the English master. The first chap made fun of me in a way I could respect. The first time that had ever happened. The second chap let me join the stage staff. There I learned how to get on with people who liked the same things that I did. Oddly, tape recorders. That was my early school life. I learned what I felt was important or interesting and ignored anything and everything that left me cold. I did try and work up an ability to pass exams, but to no effect. If I could not check the answer or understand and appreciate how it was achieved, then I had no way to remember it. That was a very slow way to learn, and it showed in my marks. Economics was a different matter. It was an odd halfway house. I could see a mechanism and understand the importance of being able to match supply with demand, but did not see the moral reason for increasing the price by reducing the supply when demand was high. And I still don't. In fact, I took a degree of offence from that sort of thinking and said so. In effect, the answers I gave in a multiple choice exam. My maths understanding was broken by the lack of explanation of its values, but I had a grasp of percentages. I knew that a random set of answers to questions with three options would get me a 33.333% mark on average sort of thing. When it came to the exam, I scored 4%. I think I was a green from that point on, at least 96% green. The teacher told my parents that I should read newspapers to learn how the real world worked, but I think I knew that his idea of the real world didn't actually work at all. It was just consuming its candle at both ends and in the middle to burn brightly enough to blind observers to the fact it was all going to be up as soon as it ran out of wax. My opinion has not changed. Some may, and do, call me naive for this way of thinking. They do so often enough for me to have almost learned how to spell the word naive without looking it up first, but I see no reason to change my worldview. Another part of maths that didn't pass me by was subtraction. You can't keep taking away from a fixed number, like the size of the planet, without it getting negative. I wonder what my old economics master would say to that.